cheese, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, chicken, turkeys, rabbits, you name it, look. I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rabbits, you name it. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, beans, greens, potatoes. Welcome, everybody, to the Commission Wrap-Up Show. I'm here with the off-season edition special episode a little bit. I put in the link in the chat if anyone wants to pop in here and have a conversation about uh, just the off-season thus far and a little bit about the keepers that have since been locked since the end of the World Series. So congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. Um, one of the more surprising runs of all time. I would say I was didn't have them becoming World Series champion especially middle of the season when they were struggling to compete in the NL East. Um, people are saying that they are the byproduct of, I guess, tanking teams that somehow, some way that the Braves were able to piece it together despite the injuries. So, I mean, when Acuna went down and Soroka went down and the Zuna had his legal troubles, that was something that uh, seemed insurmountable to overcome. But what a great story. It was a great World Series. And, and now we sit here. A uh, couple weeks into the offseason, we're sitting here on November 22nd. Uh, we are about nine days away from potentially uh, a pending lockout, which we all hope doesn't happen, but it seems like it's inevitable at this point. So December 1st, the current CBA uh, expires, and we will be sitting here waiting for both sides to come to an agreement. And they seem to be further apart than ever. So that's something that we have to sit and watch. And it's an unfortunate side effect of just, I wouldn't say greedy, but two sides that just can't get along. And that rift has been growing larger and larger as time goes on. And we're going to see uh, just how far they can get in coming to a resolution in the offseason. But it doesn't look too promising. And the worst thing ever for baseball would be if a lockout was to actually happen. So the game is already struggling so many different demographics. A lockout would just be killer because that's how you push fans away. That's how you make people feel disillusioned with the game. And people are already upset about, you know, the pace of play or the lack of quote unquote stars in baseball, or I guess transcendent stars um, for hardcore fans like us it's hard for us to take a step back and realize that maybe some of the stars that we recognize as you know big faces of baseball like a Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer they don't resonate with the casual fan like say a LeBron James in the NBA does and um, I think that conversation needs to be had I mean look at the best player in baseball right now Mike Trout it's hard for us to imagine that if he's walking down the street in New York City a lot of people wouldn't recognize him and that says a lot about where the game of baseball is at. <clears throat> but I wanted to, the point about this podcast is I wanted to not only touch base on real life MLB and uh, the signings and all that has, that has gone down in the past couple of weeks, but I want to talk about the keepers. So in just one second, I'm going to come back to you with the list of keepers and I'm going to uh, go through them and just review uh, where everybody stood at the end of the season. So as everybody knows, the World Series uh, is the checkpoint for our keepers we do, and that's been sort of a point of discussion. And we will revisit that conversation going into the winter meetings and talking about just 
uh, some of the changes that people have been trying to make or suggesting, suggesting that we make um, throughout the season. So I have a, a big list that I will eventually uh, bring somewhere. Some, sometime in December, we are planning the winter meetings that I believe the Perriers will be hosting uh, live from Center Merch's and we will have a conversation and whoever shows up will have a say, whoever doesn't, um, you just have to be kind of happy with the results that come from it. Uh, we can absolutely have people zoom in if they'd like to, uh, for those that are out of town. Uh, I think Jimmy's the only one that's out of town, but I think it'd be a good idea uh, for all of us to get together and just have a conversation because there's a, a growing list of changes and they're not huge and we don't want to alter the league in a way that's um, making the league completely different. But at the same time, uh, we do have to take those ideas and changes into consideration. So going to the keepers. So the first overall pick we have uh, Devin. So he decided that he wanted to throw Ronald Acuna back into the pool of players. And that was strategic because he was able to win the constellation bracket. And now he is the owner of the first overall pick. So he decided to keep as his position player, Salvador Perez, who had a ridiculous season this year. Uh, just a, I mean, he received some votes for the AL MVP, but obviously Shohei Otani just blew everybody else away. But for Salvador Perez as a catcher, who was a veteran catcher, to finish with over 40 home runs and uh, close to over 100 RBIs, which is remarkable at that position. And what a, a steal in the 12th round Devin will get the catcher position. Um, it will be interesting to see if the Royals can, you know, get the same type of production from Salvador Perez going into uh, 2022 um, as, you know, another year on his body uh, takes hold. But obviously in the American League, he could be the DH for some portion of his uh season next year um he'll be 32 in may of next year so it's not old old but it's old in catcher years so that season he had i don't know if it will be duplicated but if it is what a steal in the 12th round for devin we also have uh devin keeping his under five-year keeper surprisingly tyler o'neill who had a torrid end to his year uh undrafted so he'll be keeping him in round 24 uh, service time just under five with 3.059. And as I had mentioned, the chat Fangraphs had talked about um, updating their service time and it happened right after the World Series. So uh, just for future reference, that's what we can use. But I did estimate and I was able to find um, my additions to the service time from the year prior were pretty close. So they were like decimal points off. So I was pretty proud of myself. Um, so no one had to change their keepers based on uh, my calculations going into the offseason. So Tyler O'Neill will be kept from the Cardinals. And again, another player who put up uh, a decent, a decent year for the Cardinals in the beginning of the year, but just got absolutely uh, white hot by the end. And he was one of the reasons that the Cardinals were able to make a playoff push. So Tyler O'Neill um, looks like he changed his swing completely. And he's someone who, uh, the Cardinals would need in the middle of their lineup because um, pairing him with like a Nolan Arenado, he's a big piece of relying on. So they're kind of hoping that he's um, the player that he became uh, during the season last year. Uh, other keepers that Devin has, let's take a look. He'll be keeping Julio uh, Urias in round 14. That'll be the first time he keeps them. And Urias is someone that the Dodgers really relied on throughout the playoffs and the end of the season, especially with, uh, the injury to Scherzer, the injury injury to Kershaw, uh, Bowers, uh, legal struggles. And again, he's going to be someone who's very important going into 
2022. So that's a great pickup for Devin there. And then finally, he's under two-year keeper is Jared Klenick, round 23. I mean, why not? He got hot at the end of the year. He's part of that Mariners uh, stretch run towards the playoffs. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. And we didn't have postseason baseball in Seattle. But um, we saw glimpses of the player that everyone thought he could be. So uh, worth it's it's worth the, the gamble, I would say, at round 23. And maybe he can turn into the player like a Fernando Tatis Jr. did in his second year. Um, and then the NA's Devin will be keeping is Edward Cabrera, Jose Miranda, Reed Detmers, and Alec Thomas. So Edward Cabrera, Cabrera is that lights-out pitching prospect for Miami. And, I mean, let's hope the prospects for Devin wind up being a little bit better than they were uh, last year, where infamously all of his – his NAs wound up not uh, coming to fruition. And then he also gave up on Tristan McKenzie uh, a little too uh, early, I guess. I mean, you can't blame him for dropping the guy. I even asked Tristan McKenzie on an Instagram live, uh, did, did Devin make a mistake for dropping him? And he agreed that he would have dropped him himself. So he takes some solace in that. Uh, moving on to the second uh, overall pick, that's me. Uh, my keepers were kind of hard to decide uh, for the first time in a while. I'm letting Scherzer back into the fray and I kept Logan Webb from San Francisco round 23. I mean, why not? He was absolutely amazing uh, for the, for the giants. And the thing about him is that he has this breaking pitch that a lot of guys don't have. Um, I'm pretty sure Joe Torrey said on David Cohn's podcast that if Greg Maddox was pitching today, he would um, he'd go undefeated or almost be unhittable because guys today can't hit the off-speed pitches. And that's what Greg, Mad Greg Maddox's whole repertoire was based on. And Logan Webb is from that school of thought where he changes speed so his fastball looks a lot faster than it actually is. And he's looking to build on a campaign that was surprising for most. He came largely out of nowhere. I acquired him in a trade with Jimmy and that Otani trade with Nelson Cruz. And Logan Webb was sort of a throw-in, um, but he wound up being sort of the gem for me. And I'm ultimately going to be keeping him and hoping I get the same production from him next year. Uh, for my position player, I'm keeping Max Muncy around 11. Um, I got him and he's sort of like the white whale of, me, of my team. I uh, was burned by him. He hit the walk-off home run against me against the matchup in Alicia. Um, Muncy was sort of the centerpiece of talks at the trade deadline. Um, Alicia was... I guess hoarding all her offensive players, but Muncie was the guy she was willing to part with. And she got uh, Fran Valdez and you say Kikuchi, which did help her make the playoffs. Um, ultimately we both didn't make, make the world, uh, the championship or anything like that. But uh, Muncie who got hurt at the end of the year, um, it was kind of looking towards next year for me anyway. So round 11 for Muncie, which, with that production and that lineup, round 11 is amazing. Corbin Burns, the reigning NL Cy Young winner, round four. Um, I did reach for him, admittedly, in the draft, but he definitely lived up to expectations, at least my expectations. He won the NL Cy Young. I had predicted that back in March. So I shared the tweet. Uh, no one really seems to care but me, but um, I saw something, Corbin Burns, in 2020. And, yeah, I just thought he was uh, – going to take the next step and I'm very happy to have him on my team and I'm excited to see what he does next year and then finally Trevor Rogers is the guy who I had my eye on when I decided to 
sort of sell. I was able to get Trevor Rogers from uh, Perrier, who really was a fan of everything he was doing, but wanted to make a playoff push and wanted to make a championship push. So I was able to secure Trevor Rogers on my team. Last overall pick, service time. Um, he won't be able, especially if he pitches all next year, he will not be able to be an under two-year keeper um, because his service time is just a little bit over a year. So if he does the full year, he'll be over, and I'd have to keep him as my under five or as my pitcher. Um, as far as my NAs, obviously you can keep four. Um, keeping Christian Pache, Max Meyer, and Braxton Garrett, I'm leaving that fourth spot open, and I will be drafting out of the rookies that are available um, coming up this year. Let's see. Let's go to Greg's team. Greg is keeping Shane Bieber in round 10. This will be the third time he's keeping Bieber. If you remember, Greg was able to find Bieber um, on the scrap heap when he first came up. So he's had Bieber his whole sort of run. And I guess Bieber uh, had a injury short in 2021. Um, so Greg is definitely hoping for more from Shane next year. Um, he also is keeping Mike Trout round one, who again was injury shortened and part of two pretty explosive uh, trade deadline deals. So he was traded um, to Perrier. Well, no, I'm sorry. Perrier traded him to Travis, and then Travis traded him to Greg, where Travis sort of panicked. He traded tra for Trout, um, then realized he wasn't coming back, and Greg was able to scoop him up in a pretty fair deal. He's also keeping Fernando Tatis Jr., who um, he acquired for me in the, in the Trey Turner deal. Both those players are pretty even, but if you look at the draft value in round seven for Fernando Tatis Jr., um, just remarkable. This will be the first time he keeps him, but he's been kept every year since he's been in NA. So, um, and he has exactly uh, three years of service time. So he has two more years on, to be kept under the under five. So an absolute steal. Uh, just a reminder, so he has he's in that sort of tier category uh, where now he, like the year before, he was round 10. Now he's round seven in 2023. If and when Greg does keep him, he'll be round four. And then 2024, he would be around one keeper. So, and I mean, a ridiculous uh, steal, especially Fernando Tatis Jr. will be uh, within the first five picks of most drafts um, if you're doing a redraft league. And then he will keep the rookie of the year, Jonathan India, round 24. This guy was passed around like a hot potato all year, but eventually stuck on Greg's team and caught fire. So a nice pickup for Greg and uh, India will be a nice piece into his lineup. And then his NA players, Bobby Witt Jr., Riley Green, Shane Baz, and Kate Cavalli. Bobby Witt was someone he acquired uh, during the uh, trade deadline as well. Greg was a, one of those sellers. Going with Nick's team, he's, he'll be picking fourth, um, and this will be the last of the non-playoff teams. So you have Aaron Nola, who Travis dropped, and Nick picked him up on the last day of the season. And Nick was creating this controversy with himself of – Am I allowed to pick him up and keep him? Are people going to be mad at me? Um, but ultimately, as a commissioner, I ruled that you picked him up. Last day of the season, Travis dropped him, and he scooped him. Um, he is a second-round keeper, so I guess he didn't really pitch up to that potential this year, but Nick is taking the risk that he might be. We know how valuable pitching is in our league, so it's going to be, um, I guess, very interesting to see, to say the least as far as what Aaron Nola does next year, if he lives up to the round two uh, 
draft status that Nick is having him in. Nick Castellanos will be kept as a position player. He right now is a free agent, but he is around four and an absolute steal in that position. Luis Robert around eight. Um, Tristan McKenzie, who we talked about with Devin, one of those NA guys that Devin gave up on. And I love McKenzie now, especially since he answered me on Instagram live. So he'll forever be a for the fame legend. And then the other guys, absolutely stacked um, NA guys. You got Sixto Sanchez, Spencer Torkelson, Adley Rushman. Um, the interesting part about Adley, since Bizzotta drafted Adley last year in round 22, Adley will be kept as an NA, but have to be picked in the main draft, if that makes sense. So he'll be losing his round 22 keeper for Adley. So it will make sense in the time, but he is technically an NA keeper, so he doesn't take up on any of the other spots, but he will be in his actual draft as far as um, where he's being kept. So moving into playoff teams, we have Jimmy, who finished uh, fifth. So Robbie Ray, the reigning AL Cy Young winner, round 24, a no-brainer for Jimmy to keep him here. Uh, strikeout machine, Jordan Alvarez, round nine. Uh, Shohei Otani, round 20, who's the MVP. Service time at four, so he might just be able to slide underneath as an under five next year, or Jimmy might have to decide to keep him as a position player. And then as his under two, he's keeping Luis, Gar uh, Luis Garcia, who will be around 23. And he uh, got some AL Rookie of the Year votes too. So definitely uh, a nice snag for Jimmy off the free agent wire. And then his three um, NA guys are Francisco Alvarez, the catcher from the Mets, Hunter Green, and Mackenzie Gore. He will also opt to pick someone in the NA draft. Let's see. So we also have Alicia. She's keeping surprisingly Freddie Peralta around 22. She decided to throw Jacob DeGrom back into the draft. So that would be interesting to see where he goes um, around 22 for Freddie. Vlad Jr. will be around four. Um, she loves Vladdy. So her offense was stacked. It was interesting. It was definitely um, a tough choice for her who she was going to keep. Cause like she had Bo, it looked like Bo was the odd man out because she decided to keep Soto at the under five. Uh, this will be the fourth time she keeps Soto. Um, and then Wander Franco, who will be her round 24 under two year keeper. Um, he will definitely be able to be an under two next year if she decides to keep them. And then she'll take two players in the NA draft this year. She's only keeping Jason Dominguez from the Yanks and CJ Abrams of the Padres. So she'll take two players from the NA draft. Um, Bizzotta will be keeping Walker Bueller round one. Um, he'll be keeping Matt Olson round 11, currently on the athletics, but possibly will be a Yankee as predicted by Bizzotta um, all the way back in June. He will be keeping Ian Anderson round 23 and then Adoles Garcia round 24. Um, uh, who won AL Rookie of the Year? Was it Adoles? Let me see. Oh, no, it was Wander Franco. Had to be. No, it was Randy Orozernik. Interesting. It felt like he wasn't a rookie because he played so many playoff games. Um, but I know that uh, he also got some votes as well. So um, Adoles had got some votes, a pronouns pal, so that's Adoles Garcia. He uh, also had a great year for the Texas Rangers. So Bizzotta taking the risk. Again, round 24, what, there's nothing to lose there. And then he is only keeping two NA players, Austin Martin and then Asa Lacey. Karen, the 2020 champion, is keeping Zach Wheeler round nine, who a lot of people are saying feels like he was robbed of the NL Cy Young Award. 
especially since he pitched like I think they said like six or seven more starts than Corbin Burns and their numbers look pretty similar. So, I mean, Wheeler had a great year in his own right. So I'm a little biased because I love Corbin, but um, round nine is an absolute steal for Wheeler there. And what a great pick for Karen. Manny Machado in round two, Teoscar Hernandez round seven, again, ridiculous steal there. Teoscar, who was a staple of that lineup. And then Shane McClanahan round 24. And her three NAs are Joey Barr, Drew Waters, and Royce Lewis. So Karen looks pretty stacked um, in her draft. Perrier um, will be keeping Chris Sale round 24. He was a stash from early on, uh, right at the end of the draft last year. Marcus Semien round nine. He was he definitely received some AL MVP votes. If it wasn't for Shohei Otani, it would have been much much tighter in the AL MVP race. Kyle Tucker in round six. Um, Alec Manoa round 23. And then Tristan Cassis, Kyle Muller, and Nick Lodolo as his three NAs. And then finally moving on to the champ, he is keeping Garrett Cole as his keeper, round one. Carlos Correa, who's a free agent, round 14, which is a really um, kind of crazy that Correa fell to the 14th round. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, round 12. And then Joe Ryan from Minnesota. That was the more interesting uh, sort of pick. I was unsure as to why he's keeping Joe Ryan in round 24, but you know, he's the champ. He probably knows better than all of us. Uh, and his NAs are Julio Rodriguez, Marco Luciano, Grayson Rodriguez, and Luis Gill, who had a cup of coffee up in, uh, in the Bronx for a little bit. Um, in just a second, I'll come back to you with some of the proposed changes. And we're going to talk about the, um, the free agents and some of the, the signings that have gone on already. All right, so as we talked about, there will be the winter meetings possibly uh, in Santa Mariches with the Perriers. And the list has been accruing since the beginning of the season. Um, anytime someone brings to me, what if we do this? What if we do that? I write it down because I want to have a conversation about it. Um, this year was unprecedented because we were changing the IL spots during the season, but I never want to be back in that position because I hate making changes on the fly during the season. I think we sort of had to with the whole COVID thing. We were unsure how it was going to go in a 162-game season. But now that we've moved past that, I think we are sort of sticking with whatever we decide at the end of the season um, or the end of the offseason moving into the regular season and going with it until the following season. So um, some of the things that I have on our agenda, and obviously it is a growing list. So if you feel like you're listening to this and say, I didn't mention an issue that you feel very passionate about, um, bring it up and I will definitely have it there. So the first thing is uh, the trade deadline date needs to be moved up and we need to be voted on if it should be a week earlier, two weeks earlier, or even further, further on. Um, so I'm not going to show my hand on how I feel about any of these things. That's just been something that people were bringing up. Uh, raising the value of the perfect game. People feel like it's so rare that it should be much more, more, more valuable. We haven't seen a perfect game in quite some time. So sort of a moot point, but people feel like it shouldn't be only two points more than a no hitter, especially since a no hitter seems to happen 
very often where a perfect game hasn't happened in like four seasons. Um, raise dues to $115 a person to cover the trophy, plaques, and the draft board. So that will equal about $150 extra that I can put towards all the extra things. I think um, I am in favor of that, so I will show my hand on that one. So it will just help because this season, I'm not sure if it was like due to production shortages or whatever. Um, the board was even more expensive, and then the plaques were super expensive. So every little bit helps, and if people can throw a little bit extra that way, it would be very helpful. Because, um, you know, the extras go a long way, but also can add up throughout the, you know, each season that passes. Um, lower negative points for walks. So I'm not sure if that means um, – okay, that me I guess it means uh, for pitchers. So – that was mentioned to me a couple of times that people feel like walks are, um, you lose too many points. So um, prizes for the end of the year for the awards that happened in the regular season, MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. So we could definitely um, tie that with the ra uh, raising the dues so we can add another $5 to everybody's dues to make an even 120. And then we can have, um, I don't know, 20 bucks of awards. So if like say Shohei Otani won the MVP, Jimmy gets money for that or rookie of the year, Jonathan India, Greg gets money for that. Um, Cy Young, Robbie Ray, Jimmy gets money for that. Just an idea. Um, move to fan tracks eventually and change to unique scoring. Continuing uh, uh, reformatting the two divisions. Um, adding bench spots and then adding IL spots. Those are the things we have on here thus far. Um, those are just some of the topics that came up and I'm sure other things will come up in conversation. So just keep that in mind as we move forward. Um, and I will let you guys know when the date happens. So um, well, before we move on from keepers, if we look at round one, there are only three keepers in round one, which is uh, sort of unprecedented. There's usually much more uh, keeping going on in round one but if we assume Devin is taking Ronald Acuna that means that um I will have a pick then Mike Trout will be kept Nick will have a pick Jimmy will have a pick Alicia will have a pick then Bazaar will keep Walker Karen will have a pick Perry will have a pick and then Travis will keep Garrett Cole so round one shall be very fascinating and um a lot will decide on like, I guess if Devin decides last second to not keep Acuna or I draft Acuna, that could change everybody's game plan. But I'm very curious to see where people go with the draft and um, following the ebbs and flows about where people are keeping and drafting players. All right, so just touching base quick on the free agent list, and not a lot has happened. And like we talked about before, there is a potential lockout that's pending uh, when the collective bargaining agreement expires on December 1st, uh, which would cause a pause in activity for an unknown amount of time. Um, some teams are eager to add to their rosters before that happens. So as we saw, 
Um, Eduardo Rodriguez became the first top 20 player to sign. He signed a five-year deal with the Tigers on November 15th. And then Noah Syndergaard followed the next day, surprisingly leaving the Mets. Um, the Mets made them an $18.4 million qualifying offer, um, but he turned it down. And now he's going to the Angels on a one-year deal. Um, and then Justin Verlander became the next big name uh, to ink a deal. And now he's returning to the Astros for one year, $25 million with player option for 2023. Um, so looking at the top 50 free agents, just by name, I mean, look at the first couple guys, Carlos Correa, who's going into his age 28 season. He will see where he goes. We saw he was meeting with AJ Hinch for lunch. AJ Hinch had said that he was just giving Correa a, a present for his baby maybe there's some traction to Hinch and Correa being reunited in Detroit. Detroit certainly looks like they're going for it. They gave Eduardo Rodriguez a lot of money to shore up that rotation, but I don't know if they have enough money to sign Correa for the amount of money he wants. We got Corey Seager, who's the same age going to age 28 season as well. Um, we'll see if the Dodgers decide to move on from Correa. I mean, I'm sorry for Seager especially with Turner now in the fold. Chris Bryant going to his age 30 season. Marcus Semien will be 32. Freddie Freeman. Robbie Ray. Max Scherzer. Kevin Gosman. Marcus Stroman. Stalling Marte. Trevor Story, who had a really down year. Chris Taylor. Javi Baez. Nick Castellanos. Uh, Clayton Kershaw. Um, don't forget that we have Seiya Suzuki, who's not yet posted. So he'll be coming in as a uh, player from the Japanese league. He played for the Hiroshima Toyo Carp. So we'll see if anyone posts for him uh, and takes a risk on him coming back over to the, um, the American side of baseball. Uh, like we mentioned, Verlander signed, Noah signed, Eduardo Rodriguez signed, but Kenley Jansen's a free agent, Rachel Iglesias, Anthony Rizzo, Michael Conforto, John Gray, Brandon Belt, Kyle Schwarber, Nelson Cruz, um, Carlos Rodon, Michael Pineda, Zank Renke. So there is a significant amount of big names here. And you have to wonder what's going to be happening. And I think once the big domino falls, I think a Correa or a Seeger or a Bryant, um, we will eventually see some other big names. Like, I, you know, as predictions go, I mean, we're going to talk about a Freddie Freeman. He's got to be staying with the Braves. I would say Correa is probably going to the Yankees. I mean, it looks that way. Or Corey Seager. They definitely need to show up the infield. So it's either one of the two. They're going to get one of them, especially with the, the fact that they had such a uh, horrible end to their season. It has You have to think that they're going to get at least one of them. Chris Bryan, I have to believe, is going to the Mets. And then Semyon was such a good fit in Toronto, so I think he stays there. You know, that's not the most, you know, sexy pick. But I think, you know, you have either Correa or Seager going to the Yanks, Bryan to the Mets, Semyon to the – uh, to the Jays, and I think Freeman resigns with the Braves. As for the other guy, I mean, Scherzer, like, God knows if he goes back to the Dodgers. I mean, he's getting older. He'll be aged, he'll be 38 this year. How much money is he going to want? How long is he going to want the deal to be? There's some really interesting decisions to be made. 
And we know that teams don't just like throw money at team at players anymore. Uh, they use analytics to watch. And I know Scherzer's, you know, Scherzer is an animal and you really can't measure uh, that arm with analytics sometimes and like the will to win. But I think Scherzer is, uh, you know, he's getting there. I mean, eventually you hit an age where it just breaks and it doesn't happen anymore for you. So, uh, you know, it's like hot potato. You don't want to be the team left with the holding the bag. And I mean, on the right deal, I'm sure a team would take him in, but someone might have to overpay to get him. And I don't know how many more years he has left of doing what he does. I mean, sure, some wear and tear this year for the Dodgers. Spent some time in the IL. So let's see if he uh, gets the money he believes he deserves. He, he's made a lot of money throughout his career. So uh, you would think he'd just want to win again. And he got one ring, came close again this year. You have to think he wants to win again. As far as the other guys, like a Trevor Story, I mean, what a trajectory that that took. I mean, he was one of those guys that you looked at. I mean, yeah, they have him listed as a top 15 free agent, but uh, with the season he had, you know, he sort of fell into the background, especially with Curry and Seager, you know, taking center stage. Someone may, may be able to get Trevor's story at a discount. And you couldn't have said, you couldn't have said that 12 months ago. I'm curious about if the Mets decide to keep Javi Baez. He definitely wasn't. Um, I would, I wouldn't say he's the, the fit that they wanted, but um, restructuring that lineup. I think Javi has a P, he has a place there, um, but it has to be, you know, it has to be right. And I'm curious if they decide they want to invest the money that it would take to keep Javi there. So we'll keep you updated throughout the season, obviously, as the, as the season goes on. I mean, the offseason goes on, I will be posting whoever signs into the chat. I do appreciate you guys keeping the chat going. It's awesome. I miss baseball so much. I miss you guys. Um, it was great seeing some of you guys. I saw, you know, some people at the Menzinger show. Um, I saw um, some other people at some other things, but hoping we get together as a league soon. And that'd be awesome. Uh, oh yeah. So you guys at the AW show. That was cool. Seeing Greg, Nick, Pizzotta. Um, a couple of weeks from now, our champ will be um, a father. So um, we'll definitely have to do something and everyone can christen Lincoln into the league. He, it will be eventually if we expand the leagues, if everyone has kids, event, you know, eventually we can maybe get our league up to 16 teams and have our kids in there or just pass the baton over and Lincoln can take over Travis's team. Travis rides into the night with his championship, but Lincoln can make a dynasty out of him. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so all these free agents, um, we will continue to talk about it. Um, Football is a bummer. I really miss baseball. I'm going to be trying to do some of these off-season podcasts. I know that Devin and I and Jimmy did some of the season previews. We'll definitely do that. Um, there is a rumor mill going that Nick and I will be doing some video podcasting, maybe based on some wrestling, um, talking about AEW or WWE, um, or just baseball, um, or comic books, or Marvel, or whatever else is on the docket just to keep us busy and talking because uh, I did miss this. So I appreciate you guys listening to this. I really do. Um, I will definitely be back here sooner than later. And 
um, just having conversation about what's going on in the offseason. Let's pray that we do not get a lockout. It would be horrible for baseball. It would be horrible for the fans and the players and the growth of the game. Um, it seems inevitable, and it seems like we are going down that road where they are going to be starting the season late. Um, God forbid the season gets canceled altogether. It could set the game back about 20 years. Think about how long it took for them to overcome what happened in 1994. You can't have that again. So um, it'd be really bad for us too, because we wouldn't be able to play fantasy baseball. So uh, we'll be back here. Hopefully I got a guest. I put the link in the chat. No one, no one took me up on it, but understandable. It was nine o'clock on a Monday night as I'm watching raw, horrible raw. They're doing the mystery of the egg. So if you are, watching raw like i am i'm really sorry it's horrible survivor series wasn't great i was going to review survivor series if it was of any note but it just wasn't great charlotte and becky opened the show and was absolutely amazing great match um the middle of the card was horrendous the problem is it all means nothing i guess that's the biggest thing a lot of stars in the show some good wrestling everyone was working hard but for the end of the, you know, at the end of the day, it means nothing. There's nothing on the line. And then the main event was good. Roman and Big E, they put on a show and had a good match. But Roman won again. Um, Big E did have um, some near falls. He had the big ending on Roman. But, you know, at the end of the day, everyone knew Roman was winning. So, but they spent the whole show teasing The Rock, showing Rock highlights, talking about The Rock, 25th anniversary. He doesn't show up. Now, imagine... Imagine a world where AEW did that with Punk and they get to the first dance in Chicago and Punk's not there. So, all right. Thank you guys for listening. I'm the Kamish and I'm out. Potatoes, tomatoes, beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, beans, creams, potatoes, creams, potatoes, beans, creams, potatoes, creams, potatoes, beans, creams, potatoes, creams, potatoes, beans, creams, potatoes, creams,